Good morning. Happy Easter. He's alive. Amen? Amen. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we can clap for that, right? Will you stand with us? John 3, 16 and 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God did not send his Son into the world to condemn it, but to save it. Let's thank God this morning for his unfailing love.
Amen, amen. Good morning, Kavanaugh Church family. How's everyone doing? Good. Happy Easter. Everyone doing all right? He is risen, and he is risen indeed. Amen. Let's give it up for the Lord. Amen. I love what, what, what that last song said, the power of hell is defeated, and because of that, you and I, right now, this very moment, we're walking in freedom. We're walking in freedom together. I don't know about you, that makes my day, that makes my eternity, and I hope you've got that. We really hope that you got that. You know the love of the Lord, you're under his surrender, or you're in, under his lordship, and you've surrendered your life to him. And today we celebrate him. We celebrate all that he has done. So thank you so much for being here. We've prayed for you all this, this past week. We know that God's going to do something amazing today. Amen? Amen. I'm going to invite you all to stand right now. We're going to get right back into it. But I'm going to ask God's anointing on our services today. Thank you for being here this morning with us. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your son and the salvation that we have in him. Thank you so much for the cross, God. I know what you did there. And Lord, we are just amazed by you. Thank you. But Lord, you didn't hang there and you didn't stay there. Yes, you were put in a grave, but you didn't stay there either. Thank you for conquering our sin and our shame. Thank you for putting death in its place and it has no say no more. So Lord, help us to be able to worship and praise you as we ought to today, God, giving you all the praise and honor and the glory, God. May every single voice in this room raise it to you, God, in worship and in adoration, God. And Lord, as our pastor brings the message today, God, Lord, be with him and his heart as he has prepared for this and, and be our, with our hearts and stir us in the way that you know how. We love you in your name. Amen. Happy Easter, y'all. Turn around, greet those around you, and we'll get right back into it. Glorious day 
is empty. Amen? He's alive. Our God is all-powerful, and we believe that he is all-powerful. The same power that rose Jesus up out of that grave and burst him forth all those years ago is available to us today. And that is just great news, because that just means whatever it is that you're facing today, whether it's big or whether it's small, we have a God that is powerful enough to handle it. He can do all things. Let's sing this morning to our wonder-working God who is full of miracle power.
working God. We praise you today first, God, for your unfailing love to us, that you sent your son just for us, God. We praise you today that you have given us the opportunity to one day share heaven with you. We praise you today that, God, you burst forth out of that tomb and that veil was torn in two so that we can have access to you, God. We praise you today. Hallelujah. You are alive. Thou art worthy, O oh Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for your pleasure they are and were created. Hallelujah. Amen. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you, and you may be seated. John chapter 11, when Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, less than two miles away. Many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them about their brother who had died. As soon as Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you would have just been here, my brother would not have died. Yet even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Your brother will rise again, Jesus told her. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. But Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Mary, do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him, I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who comes into the world. Church, that is the question we have to answer today. Do I believe? Do you believe?
Father, Almighty Maker of heaven and Maker of earth, and in Jesus Christ is only begotten Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate. Fight and dead and buried and I believe. Do you believe? I believe that Jesus was Son of Man. I believe that Jesus was Son of God. I believe that Jesus was a good man. 
and you can't keep a good man down. <laughs> at the age of 22, this man failed in business. At age 23, he ran for the legislature and was defeated. At the age of 24, he again failed in business for the second time. But at the age of 25, he was elected to the legislature. At age 26, his sweetheart, he was engaged to, suddenly died. At 27, he had a nervous breakdown. Then at 28, he was defeated for speaker. At 31, he was defeated for elector. At age 34, he was defeated for Congress. At 37, he was finally elected to Congress. At age 39, he was defeated again at Congress. At age 46, he was defeated for the Senate. At age 47, he was defeated for vice president. At the age of 49, he was defeated again for Senate. Now, I don't know about you, but I would have quit a long time ago. Finally, at the age of 51, he was elected president of the United States of America. Of course, I'm talking about Abraham Lincoln. You can't keep a good man down. I love the story about this preacher who was 53 years of age and he became very frustrated. He had spent his entire adult life writing a book, a manuscript. He thought it was great. He thought it would be a big seller. But every publisher he sent it to turned him down. In fact, 14 publishers said no. He was so discouraged that he took the manuscript and threw it in a waste paper basket and said, my dream will never come true. His wife, whose name was Ruth, reached over and began to pull out the manuscript and said, oh honey, let's just give it one more shot. Let's send it to one more publisher. And in disgust, he said, don't ever take that piece of trash out of the waste paper basket. It will never be published. So his wife, Ruth, that was her name Ruth, the very next day, and can I pause right here and say, you can't keep a good woman down either. She just picks up the whole trash can, puts it in a brown bag, then into a box, and sends it to one more publisher. The publisher gets this big box, opens it up, and says, I've never received a package like this. He looked at it, he read it, he liked it, and you know what? He published it. And the first book of Norman Vincent Peale was published. You know what the name of that book was? The Power of Positive Thinking. <laughs> Let that sink in. <laughs> it was translated into 42 different languages, and it has sold 15 million copies. You can't keep a good man down. And you can't keep a good woman down either, amen? It's kind of like this sermon that I heard preached. In fact, it's in the Bible. It's in Acts chapter 2. Peter is preaching this on the day of Pentecost. And let me just read a portion of his sermon. Here's what Peter said. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs to which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead. 
freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. You can't keep a good man down. Specifically, the doubters couldn't keep Jesus down. Did you hear what Peter said in verse 23? He said, you, you men of Israel nailed him to a cross using the hands of godless men who put him to death. These were doubters, but you know what? The doubters couldn't keep him down. Jesus came to his own, yet his own received him not. He was doubted by everyone he rubbed shoulders with, his own family, his own brothers, until after his death and resurrection doubted his divinity. His own followers at times had tremendous questions. One of them betrayed him, another one denied him. When he went to his own hometown to preach, the Bible says that the people responded, is this not the son of Joseph? They doubted him. And the Bible says he could not do many wonderful miracles because of their unbelief. Even at the crucifixion, his own disciples fled and ran away. But church, I've got good news for you today. Whether the world is full of skeptics in our age or whether the world was full of skeptics in the days of Jesus Christ, my brothers and my sisters, you can doubt. You can sit in your seat this morning and question the resurrection of Christ. You can question the validity of Jesus Christ really being the Son of God. But I've got some news for you. Whether you question it or not, whether you doubt it or not, Jesus is the Son of God. And to the doubters in his day and in the doubters of this day, I say to you, you can't keep a good man down. Jesus is alive. Not only could the doubters not keep him down, it gets a whole lot better, folks. Death couldn't keep him down. Verse 24, God raised him up, putting an end to the agony of death. Now, notice this verse doesn't say that Jesus put an end to death. It doesn't say that at all. Jesus put an end to the agony of death. There is a point in which all of us, if you're alive in this room, would you raise your hand? I need to see that you are alive. Keep it up for a second. I'm checking. We have some medical people in the back. We can. Here's the deal. If you are alive, you know what? You're going to die one day. Everyone alive is going to die. Every one of us, we're going to die. You're going to die. I'm going to die. Unless Jesus Christ comes back to this earth before we die, we're all going to die. And Jesus did not put an end to death. He simply took the agony, the sting, the pain of death away. We die 
but in Jesus Christ, it's just a transition, leaving this temporal world to one that is permanent, leaving a world that is full of pain and agony and distress and bad news for a world that is full of no sorrow, no pain, no agony. Jesus put an end to the agony of death because it was impossible for him to be held by the grave. Let me read to you something I was reading just this past week. I, I read it and I kind of get a smile on my face. R wrap your mind around Matthew chapter 27. On the next day, which is one after the preparation, the chief priest and the Pharisees gathered together with Pilate and said, Sir, we remember that when he was still alive, that deceiver said, After three days I will rise again. Therefore, give orders for the grave to be made secure until the third day, lest the disciples come and steal him away and say to the people, he has risen from the dead. And the last deception would even be greater than the first deception. And they went and they made that grave just as secure as they possibly could make the grave. You know what? When I read that, it just cracks me up. It makes me want to laugh. They rolled the stone in place and then they plastered the stone in place. I mean, they made this thing absolutely as secure as they could make it. They even put guards there. They had this huge stone there. In fact, if you remember when Mary came to anoint the body of Jesus the next day, her biggest concern was how was she going to roll the stone away to get to his body? But isn't it just like God to take the biggest man-made obstacle and turn it into a platform for the proclamation of the good news of the gospel? When Jesus arose, he moved the stone. He set it down. And by the time Mary gets there, the messenger of the Lord is setting on the stone. That's amazing. The biggest problem they had was that stone. The very thing the doubters secured the tomb with. And God takes the biggest problems in your life and he just sits on them. Oh, please make it as secure as you can. We're going to do our best. We're going to put that big old stone up there. It'll keep him in. You know what that is? I, I call that the impossible assignment. You can't contain Jesus in a tomb. It's impossible. You can't control the power of God. Do you get that? It, it, it would be like you right now getting a, a warning on your phone, a weather warning, an alert that a tornado that started over in Oklahoma is headed our way. That's where they all start in Oklahoma. And, and it's barreling down, and it's coming right towards our church. And, and, and we're, thinking, we're thinking, oh, no, not our new church. We've only been in it a year. We, can, we can't let a tornado destroy this building. And so you know what Brother Jason does? He puts together a tornado team. 
as he puts these teams together. In fact, it's all of us, and we, we run out there, and we stand on 28th Street, and we just dare that tornado to come our way. Why? Because we're going to stop it. Yeah, right. Or it's like Brother Nathan. Y'all know he's a beach boy. We, that, have y'all seen that big old cross out there? Have you seen the big flower cross? I'll talk more about it in a minute. That thing is absolutely gorgeous. It's beautiful. 11-foot cross filled with flowers. I don't know. There's, there's 40 million flowers on that thing. And, and they assembled it back here in this room, and we had to move it out of the room through that door to put it. The thing weighs about two tons. I, I don't want to go into the reason why it's so heavy, but the thing is, is so heavy. Ten, there were 10 guys yesterday, I think 10 of us, trying to move that thing out of there. And, and I was standing by Brother Nathan. And I, I just kept worrying about him. And I was concerned about him. You know why? He was wearing his flip-flops. And I'm thinking, man, I'm going to step on his toes. Man, if he falls down, it's going to be disastrous. He's just a beach guy. Where, where are you at? There you are right there. They're Pensacola people. They love the beach. Okay, so let's just pretend Nathan's putting together a Pensacola trip for all of us to go to the beach, and we've got a purpose for going there. He's going to lead us out into the ocean, and, and the assignment is together. We're going to hold hands and stop the waves. Y'all aren't picking up what I'm putting down. It's impossible to do it. Containing the power of Jesus is impossible. I got one more illustration. You might be able to get this one. It's kind of like trying to make Brother Jason mean. I told him when he became executive pastor, I said, dude, you're just going to have to grit your teeth and get mean. We're still working on it, all right? You can't make that guy mean. I tell you what, church. There ought to be celebration in the body of Christ today. On the day that the Lord arose, celebration ought to be in the Christian community today. Amen? If there ought to be happiness, if there ought to be joy, if there ought to be a song in our heart, if there ought to be a glisten in our eye, if there ought to be a spring in our step, if there ought to be a chin that is up and a back that is straight, it ought to be in the church of Jesus today. You know why? Because death could not hold our Lord Jesus in that tomb. The tomb could not contain him. Neither could the stone, neither could the plaster, neither could Pilate, neither could the guards, neither could the edicts and the laws of the land that day. I'm here to tell you, Jesus Christ arose. Death could not hold him. I'd like for somebody to say hallelujah. But it even gets better, folks. <laughs> the doubters couldn't keep him down. Death couldn't keep him down. And I'm here to tell you, the devil couldn't even keep him down. I, I love what it says in verse 27. Peter's preaching this sermon, and he quotes King David. And this is what it says. Because thou wilt not abandon my soul in hell. 
Peter is saying, I want you to know the devil who from the very beginning with the fall from heaven has wanted to take God's throne and the power away from God. He could not keep the Lord Jesus down. In the fall of man, in the beginning with Adam and Eve, when they sinned in the Garden of Eden, Satan jumped with glee. He thought there was separation between God and man. He thought he had won, but he hadn't won. When Jesus was born, the devil tried to snuff out his life with this egomaniac of a king at the time. And Herod made that edict that all the baby boys were going to be crucified and killed. But God protected his Messiah and sent his parents down to Egypt and built a hedge of protection around Jesus. At the temptation in the wilderness, the devil tried to get Jesus to take a shortcut that would avoid the cross and lead him away from Calvary. But again, our Lord Jesus withheld. And even in the Garden of Gethsemane, Sweating as if it were great drops of blood. Jesus cried out to his father and said, Father, if there is any way possible, let this cup pass from me. And the father looked down and said to his son, It is not possible, son. You must die for the sin of the world. And now Jesus is hanging on the cross His blood is dripping down on the earth, that blood that was shed for the remission of your sins. And when he had taken his final breath, Jesus said, it is finished. And he died. I happen to believe that at that very moment in time, the devil with all the legions in hell began to jump up and down and they threw a party. And the devil said, it's done, it's finished. We can take control of the world. We are victors. (laughs) But he didn't know what was coming, did he? The Word of God says that Jesus, when he died, descended down into hell, and he preached to those who were held in bondage. Wrap your mind around that, man. And then after he preached to them on the third day, he arose again. And all of a sudden, the devil was defeated for the final time. Listen to me, Kavanaugh Church. Jesus won the battle. Jesus is king. He is king now and he is king forever. Satan is defeated. He is a defeated foe. Under the power of God's Holy Spirit, we can have victory over sin in our life. And through the power of God's Spirit, we have the hope of someday being with Jesus for all of eternity in heaven. (laughs) Because the devil couldn't keep him down. Now, you might be wondering... Preacher, what what is Easter all about? Well, let me just tell you very quickly what Easter is all about. Easter is a mindset about life. Easter changes your perspective on life, your life, the world, the life of others. It's a mindset, just just the same thing that happened to the disciples in the book of Acts. They, They were filled with this unbelievable power and boldness. Why? They had seen Jesus 
being raised from the dead. They knew resurrection power. And it changed their perspective about life. It gave them a new attitude about living. Basically, Easter says this, there's no problem when you have put everything in your life in the hands of the hands of the man from Galilee. Because he can handle your problems. And it changes your perspective. All things are possible with Jesus. It's not only a mindset about life, it's a mindset about death. We look at death differently as a believer. We, we view it as just passing from this bad life into a good life. This life of sorrow and pain and grief. Any of y'all ever experienced any of that? Man, I'm having new pains every single day. Don't get old. It's tough. It's not for sissies. But you know what? One day all that pain is going to be gone. All the grief is going to leave. All the sorrow is going to cease because I get to go to heaven, a perfect place. I love this story about a, a mom, an elderly mom. She's, she's dying. She's on her deathbed. And her only son is right there by her side, sitting in the chair, holding her hand, telling his mama, I love you, mama. Everything is going to be fine. And as he was speaking those words, he got a text message from the office. We, we desperately need you. You've got to come to the office right now. He sent a message back. I can't. My mom's dying. They said, you better be here in five minutes. And so he held his mama's hand and he said, mama, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to leave, but I'll be right back. Here's what she said. Son, when you come back, if I'm not here, you know where to find me. Are you with me? Amen. We, we look at death differently. We realize that through Jesus Christ, death no longer has a hold on us. Let me tell you, it doesn't hold us. Jesus, Jesus was victorious over death, hell, and the grave. He didn't take death away. He took the sting of death away. So we see it differently. Finally, it's a mindset about God. Easter, Easter changes our attitude about God himself. I want you to remember Mary when she was at the grave and, and she had her head hanging down and she was weeping. She, she had come to see the Lord and he was gone. And then suddenly Jesus appeared and she didn't recognize who he was. And, and he said, why are you crying? And she said, they've taken my master away. And at that very moment, Jesus looked at her and Jesus walked into her life and he said, Mary. And when she heard him say her name, she recognized who he was. And a resurrected Lord had now made a personal relationship and call on her life. Let me tell you something, church, that's what Easter is all about. When Jesus becomes real to you. When you believe, it changes everything. Don't answer me. Don't answer me when I say this. Do you believe? No, don't answer me. Don't say anything out loud. Do you believe?
Well, preacher, you know, I, I do have my name on the church. I didn't ask you if your name was on the church row. Well, my daddy was a preacher. My granddad was a, I don't, it doesn't matter. Do you believe? This week I've been thinking about Jesus hanging on the cross. He was on the middle cross. You know who was beside him, don't you? Some no count, dirty, rotten, no good for nothing people just like me and you. One of them was a thief, and at the beginning he was hurling insults at Jesus, but something happened in his life, and he realized he was in the presence of the Son of God. And all of a sudden, hanging on that cross, he believed. He believed in Jesus. He believed in the Son of God. You know what Jesus said to him? Today, you'll be with me in paradise. Can you imagine later that day? When he stepped into heaven and they're, they're a mighty angel, I don't know if it's Gabriel, but who, somebody was standing there at the gate. The angel said, what are you doing here? He said, I don't know. Were you a church member? No, no never been to church. Hmm. Well, do, do, you, do, you, do you believe in the inspiration of the Holy Scripture? Never read the Scripture. Hang on just a second. I need to go get my supervisor. <laughs> so he goes and gets a higher-ranked angel, and the angel comes back and says, let's just, let's just get down to business here. What do you believe about justification by faith? I, I've never heard that term before. What about the atoning blood? I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, what is the basis of you standing here? Why are you here? Why, why, why should you be led into heaven? Well, the man on the middle cross said I could <laughs> he believed have you believed do you believe right now do you believe it, it's so simple it's so simple to say a prayer something like this dear Jesus I believe I believe you are the Son of God. I know I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sins and come into my heart. I believe. And if you've never prayed that prayer before, you can pray it today and you can be set free. Everything in your life will change. Behold, the old will be gone and you will be new in Jesus Christ. Would you come and do that today? We'll, we'll help you. We'll pray with you. Maybe you're here and you are a believer, but you've, you've just gotten far away from God. 
Friend, you need to come home today. Just a prayer away. Just a prayer away. Then for the rest of us, I don't know what in the world is keeping you glued to that chair. Because of all people, we need to be down here at the altar giving praise to God for his unspeakable gift. So dear Jesus, I pray that you would move in this room. I pray that you would convict hearts. I pray that you would draw people to yourself. Dear Lord, we we have tried our best today to lift up Jesus, to exalt Jesus, because I know that when Jesus is exalted, he will draw people unto himself. And so today I pray that those who are lost would be saved, that they would come and say that simple prayer. Those who are far away, I pray that they would come home. And dear Lord, for the rest of us who just need to come and give you praise or unload the burden of our heart at the altar, I pray that we would have freedom in this room to come. Holy Spirit, do something amazing in this room and in our hearts today. And we will praise you for it in Jesus' name. Would you stand? And as soon as you stand up, step out. Come, let's fill these altars confessing sin and giving praise to God as they sing you come praise, honor, and glory go to Jesus, the resurrected one. Jesus, who has power over death, hell, and the grave. Jesus, we do believe. We believe you are the Son of God, Son of Man. We believe that your blood was shed to take our sins away. 
We believe, Lord. We have faith. Help us, dear Jesus, to become your hands and your feet and your mouth in a world that needs to be set free. Lord, bless everyone in this room. For those who pray to accept you as their Savior, I pray that they would begin that wonderful journey today with you. For those of us who have been far away, I pray, dear Lord, we've taken that step to come back home. And then, dear Lord, for the rest of us, accept our praise. You are so good. You are so good. We love you, Lord, and we believe. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. I don't think it's inappropriate for us to give Jesus a hand today. Would you do that with me? Thank you, Jesus. And I want to thank you for being here. Man, what, what a great worship service. The praise team, the choir did great. Brother Ron knocked it out of the park, didn't he? Amen. Ron, I've been waiting a long time to hear that song again. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. You know I love that song. Hey, when you leave today, if you're a member of Kavanaugh, make sure you drop your offering in one of those black boxes. If you are a guest, if this is the first time you've been here, man, thank you so much for coming. In the chair back in front of you, you'll find a Connect card. If you would just fill that card out and then take it to our Connect counter right outside this door, we will exchange it for a couple of gifts. One of them is a, a gift certificate to Chick-fil-A. Man, what a great gift. You can't use it today, but a great gift it is. When you leave, there's two directions you need to go. In fact, you need to go to both sides of the building. That cross is right out this wall right here, and it is a magnificent cross. How many of you have seen the cross? Have you seen that cross out there? Now, come on. Have you seen the cross out there? Isn't it absolutely gorgeous? That thing has been built so that you can have your photo made in front of it, all right? And, and man, get out there and do it, all right? Will you? It's beautiful, Angie. It's beautiful. Beautiful cross, all right? On the other side of the building, we've got a uh, critter farm. Can I call it a critter farm? Got some little animals out there. I checked it out before I came in, and believe it or not, these are real little animals out there. It's like, a, it's like a real petting zoo out there for your kids and grandkids. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. It's awesome. All kinds of critters. You don't believe me, do you? Just go over there. You'll, you'll want to hold one, and, and then you're going to have to tell your kid no all afternoon when they say, I want a baby lamb. If you haven't picked up a cookie, man, I've, I spent all night last night baking those things, and they are absolutely fantastic. Make sure you get a cookie. Come back Wednesday night. We're doing something special on Wednesday night. It's the final uh, lesson in our Connect class. So there are people who have been learning about Kavanaugh Church because they want to join our church. And so on Wednesday night, I'm just going to do this last class for everyone. It's entitled, What We Believe. So if you've ever wondered what our church believes and what Free Will Baptist stands for, show up Wednesday night and Jason and I will be tag teaming and teaching that class. Then the next, this next Sunday is Connect Day. Uh, for those who want to join the church, they can do so next Sunday. We're also going to have the baptistry out. So if you've been saved but never baptized, 
see one of our pastors. We'll sign you up. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful day. And then for you ladies, Bible study is going to start uh, on Tuesday, either at 9.30 or 6.30. You pick the time you want to come and be here for it. All right? Are you good? Okay, in, in, in New Testament times, here's the way Christians would greet one another. One would say, he is risen, and the response back was, he's risen indeed. So let's leave with that. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Now, okay, good. Stand up, though. Don't leave. Just stand up, because I know you can do better when you're standing up. Breathe in real deep. Okay, make this count. We want harvest time to hear this, all right? He is risen. He is risen indeed. Get out of here.